Welcome back to the Remodel Your SEO podcast. Here answering real questions from real people. I'm Danielle Photo, joined today by Danielle Russell, one of my Builder Funnel colleagues. And today's episode is all about keywords, a definite buzzword in the world of SEO and content marketing. And the buzz is related to the question, how important are keywords really? So today, let's answer that question. We're so often asked how someone's remodeling or home building business can rank higher and get more traffic from search engines. The phrase that's on the top of everyone's tongue is keywords. I want to rank better for keywords, they'll all say. Can you help me do that? When I'm asked that question, my answer is always going to be focused on content and answering user intent instead of trying to implement keyword stuffing, which is an outdated technique of placing specific words or phrases on a page a certain number of times. That used to work, but nowadays it will do your site more harm than good. So today, let's take a journey together into just how search engines, and specifically Google, evaluate content for ranking potential and how you should think about and use keywords in 2020 and beyond. But first, what are keywords? These are words or phrases that are directly associated with search engine queries, which are questions that people type into Google or other search engines. So do you have to do exact keywords on a page for it to rank? Sure, great question. No, not inherently, especially not nowadays when search engines, especially Google, are more refined to deliver search results based on context and how well the content answers user intent compared to if specific keywords are used in the content anywhere. It's a common occurrence for a page to rank for keywords that are never even mentioned on the page because the user intent is still answered. And that's a lot of what we'll be talking about today, the method and how it has changed. It sounds like it may have changed. Was there a different method to using keywords previously? Yes. Previously, SEOs could implement keyword stuffing on pages and they would rank. So, for example, it was standard practice to make sure you had Houston Remodeler in the page title at least one heading and then a couple times throughout the page content. That's why a couple years ago, you may have landed on a website page that just did not read well because the keywords dominated the content. This happened because SEOs could rank content that way, and so they did, but not anymore. How does Google's algorithm evaluate content in 2020? In a nutshell, Google's algorithm evaluates content by a set of ranking factors, over 200 of them, that relate to user experience and answering user intent. But it didn't happen all at once. This has been years in the making through several major Google algorithm updates. Let's journey back in time to nine years ago in 2011 when the Google Panda algorithm update was implemented. This was really the beginning of algorithm updates that penalized sites that were not optimized to provide a positive user experience. Then there was the Google Penguin update in 2012, which focused on the quality of content used in internal linking strategies and backlink strategies. Again, all related to providing an overall positive user experience. After that came Hummingbird in 2013, which was really the start of the matrix, or I mean, semantic search algorithms, which was basically a complete overhaul to the core of Google's search algorithm that introduced a basic artificial intelligence, AI. The Hummingbird update made the algorithm capable of associating content with user intent and really introduced questions research into SEO equation. 
That's because AI, artificial intelligence, can identify patterns and use observational learning to change results based on results it serves to increase relevance of content to users. Then there was Google Pigeon in 2014, which really started to ruffle feathers in the local SEO space. So we'll talk about Pigeon a little bit more in a couple weeks. Then in stages from 2015 through 2018, there was MobileGeddon, which basically requires your site to be mobile optimized if you want to stand any chance ranking in search results. This also ties back to providing a quality user experience. And most recently in October of 2019, the BERT update was rolled out as kind of like a phase two to Hummingbird, both of which rely on context to provide search results that answer a user's search query. BERT was more focused on introducing language learning into the matrix, I mean, semantic search algorithm, so that nuances are better accounted for. All of these updates have made it much easier for searchers to find answers and get true answers that they're really looking for, also coined as answering user intent. So the way I understand it, Google is constantly changing to fit the needs of how people research. So as we started to research more online, Google required that our experience be easier. And as we started to check references and other external links, Google granted more relevance to articles providing those. And with the rise of smartphones, Google required websites to be mobile so we can do our research online as we're on the go. And as we continue to refine how we search with opportunities like voice search through Alexa and related queries based on our research history, Google has expanded its algorithm to meet our needs. Definitely. You know, a lot of home builders and remodelers we come alongside don't fully understand how content and SEO are tied together. We often have to help them understand and unlearn this misperception that SEO is just keywords, but it's about so much more. It's about answering user intent and providing a quality user experience each step of the way. That being said, this episode is all about keywords. So I'm going to dive in and share my secret sauce for how to use keywords the right way. Are you ready? One of our core values is to always be learning, so I don't have a choice. I'm kidding. I'm ready. Okay. You can improve your rank positions in search results by focusing on answering people's questions. The purpose of conducting keyword research should not be so that you can stuff keywords into your content. The purpose of keyword research is to ensure you're writing content that matters to researchers and fully answers the questions that they have, like how much it costs, how long it takes, where to start, mistakes to avoid, and similar topics. Some tools you can use to conduct keyword research include Google Keyword Planner, Ahrefs, SEMrush, Answer the Public, Google's People Also Ask feature, Reddit, Quora, and industry-specific forums like Hows. Let's definitely link to all of those in the show notes because I already forgot all of them. So what I'm hearing is keyword planning helps me know what people are searching, but my objective when it comes to writing content is to address those search queries directly. Yes, you're going to benefit from targeting long-tail keywords primarily as opposed to short-tail keywords, which is the difference between uh, kitchen remodeling, that's a short-tail keyword, and luxury kitchen remodeling in Houston, Texas, which would be a long-tail keyword. It's more defined, more focused on a target. So what's the purpose between having 
these long tail keyword phrases and short tail keywords? Sure. So short tail keywords are definitely searched, but long tail keywords give you more opportunity for ranking your content. Reason number one for this is that they're usually less competitive, long tail keywords are that is, meaning you have a better chance of actually ranking for them. And reason number two is that location-specific keywords, all of which are long tail, ensures your content is relevant to the proper audience. I mean, it's great if Joe in North Carolina reads your blog, but you can't do his remodeling project if you don't work in North Carolina. So you're saying that using long tail keywords, like location-specific keywords, will increase website traffic and improve lead quality? Yes. That makes sense. Long tail keywords address the shorter tail keywords within the same phrase. So that seems helpful. Also, realistically, when people are searching for something that is location specific, they naturally expect those results to be filtered. And by helping Google filter, get brownie points. Yes. And I recommend conducting keyword research as a way to develop a content outline in the most effective way possible. So depending on the area where your typical clientele live, whether that be first-time home builders, DINKs, which stands for dual income, no kids, snowbirds, or white-collar executives, the reasons they want to build in your area are going to be different. So make sure you're thinking critically about your buyer personas and then use the tools you have at your disposal linked in the show notes, to determine the most relevant reasons from the perspective of your audience. These will likely become the subheadings of your blog. I've linked to a couple examples in the show notes. So what does your typical keyword research process look like? Sure. The very first thing I'm going to do, and y'all, this is so simple that it's easy to forget, and it's, it's just one of those things, but the very first thing I'm going to do is type my topic into Google and look at what comes up. Look at common focuses of the existing content that ranks for that query, all while evaluating how you can answer the question better than any of the current content that is displayed in the search results. Okay, I definitely like the idea of competing with what's already out there. That seems like a super powerful first step, especially for someone who's just dipping their toes into keyword research, writing content, and especially SEO user experience. Yes, definitely. You want to get a feel for what people are looking for and what other people are writing about that is answering their questions so that you can set the tone for your writing and your content as well. That's step one. Step two is to look at the questions that appear in the people also ask feature that Google has on the search results page. This feature also known as PAA, is the little box full of questions that appears in your Google search results on most queries, not necessarily all of them, but usually they appear when the query is more like, how do you, or how much does, or how is type question queries. Then copy the relevant questions into your word processor where you're making your content outline for your blog or your website page. Step three for me involves a paid tool called Ahrefs, spelled A-H-R-E-F-S, where I look at the specific keywords that top pieces of content currently rank for. From there, I get a list of seven to 12 keywords, mostly long tail, that encompass the main topic and the subheadings that we'll be writing about. I try to pick only the single best keyword of many synonyms so that my list can become a solid outline without overcomplicating keyword research. For example, Don't make more work for yourself by differentiating between remodeler in Dallas and remodelers in Dallas. 
simply make note of high-performing queries with lower competitor scores. Again, it's not about having the exact keyword in your content enough times. It's about answering user intent, and the same answer is relevant to both of those example queries. Could you do me a favor and talk through an example of that? Sure. Um, one comes really top of mind. It's something that we just did. So we um, are writing a topic on seven reasons to build your home in Gainesville, Florida. So step one, I type into Google and see what others are talking about for reasons to build in Gainesville or reasons to live in Gainesville, that kind of thing. Step two, I make a list of people also ask questions, and that included what is the cost of living in Gainesville, Florida? Um, is Gainesville, Florida a good place to live? What is the crime rate in Gainesville, Florida? How far is Flagler Beach from Gainesville? So getting that kind of stuff that we can use to form the basis of our content outline. For step three, I lean on Ahrefs to do some keyword research. So I typed different phrases in there and got a list of nine really relevant key phrases like living in Gainesville, Florida, moving to Gainesville, Florida, questions about the weather in schools, as well as things to do and hallmarks of the area. We also uncovered an opportunity to speak to the client's target audience by discussing Gainesville, Florida neighborhoods, since most of the people who live in Gainesville will actually save up to remodel their older home rather than move because they just absolutely love their neighborhoods and the community that they live in. None of what we found was rocket science, but time and time again, we have found that topics backed by keyword research significantly outperform non-keyword research-backed content. When you follow this process with the intention to answer people's questions, you're establishing a solid set of bones for the meat of content to be built on. It will be less fluffy and have higher ranking potential. So think of topic, review what's currently on the first page of Google, and look up related searches that people are looking for under this umbrella topic, and then start writing to your ideal buyer. And address that topic now that you know what they're trying to learn more about. Yes. And I know that you're up for almost anything. So let's break down everything we've uncovered today. I'm going to ask you questions and you get to answer. You ready? Born ready. Do keywords matter? Yes. Should you use keyword stuffing to try and rank for keywords? No. What is the purpose of keywords? The purpose is to understand searchers' intent and to answer their questions. And what kind of keywords should you use in 2020 and beyond? Location-specific, preferably long-tail keywords. Man, flying colors right there. Perfect example of how anyone can do SEO and keyword research. Thank you. So use keywords as a guide, but not as a quota. That makes sense. Definitely. Great summary. And thank you all for listening. I'm your host, Danielle Photo. And I'm Danielle Russell. And we're here to help you get found and get you leads. Join us next Thursday, where we'll answer the question, is once a year often enough to update my website?